Are you tired of the same boring and bland coffee flavors week after week, year after year? Why not try something new and fresh from Bean Quest Coffee? They have flavors like Brazil Peaberry and my personal favorite, Bali Blue Moon Organic, a dark and complex coffee with an exotic and syrupy body and hints of chocolate, vanilla, and spice. Seriously, guys, check them out, and when you do, make sure to use our promo code 10Biscuit at checkout for 5% off your order. Join us on a quest for better coffee today at bean-questcoffee.com. Thanks. Hey everyone, Tin Man here with another 10 Biscuit Talks episode. Make sure to reach out on Twitter or email. Let us know what you want to hear so we can get your ideas on this show. Thank you all for all the love and support. It means a lot to both of us. Now, let's get on with the episode. Super happy to be here. Are we recording? Can I say how happy I am to be on this podcast? We're live. Yes, we're live. Cool. <laughs> Hooray! I'm on Twitch. Hi, everybody. Is this your first time on Twitch? Live on Twitch? Live on Twitch? Because, you know, you know me, I like to watch. So <laughs> usually I'm not, not on it. Great. So My first time cool. on Twitch, too. That's I'm not surprised by that. Look at everybody. Oh, now I have the text. Oh. All right. So well, this is your show. You guys talk. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. Um, we've we haven't had a guest in a really long time. Yeah. In um, a long time. We started doing our podcast what how long has it been to man? A two? Not two years. Um surely not two years now. It's been at least a year. Yeah. We took a break, we came back, and, you know, having more guests on the show is really something that we wanted to do. We want more opinions, more insights, um, stories, like we're going to hear tonight. Um, So, yeah, I think we're all super excited. Um, But before we get too far into it, I want to introduce our very special guest, Henry, the host. Welcome. Hi, everyone. (laughs) How are you tonight? You know, it's Tuesday. I had dinner and now I'm here. Now you're yes. here. On, now you're on Twitch, right? <laughs> um, yeah. No, and it looks like you guys have been around for over a year. I'm on your Spotify and your 
earliest episode is July 20th, 2019. Yeah, well, we started out as a movie review and then kind of... Oh, I see. Moved I into, see how it is. Yeah, conspiracy. Do my job. <laughs> right? Do my job. Okay. I'm pretty well, sure we reviewed uh, quite a number of monster movies. We we started out doing, like, bad bad movies. Like, are they really that bad? I sit here being like, Silent Hill's your first film. I wouldn't call that a bad movie. Uh, oh, no. What's-His-Face doesn't die. It's one of the few movies where uh, Sean Bean doesn't die. That's true. Spoilers. That's actually true. <laughs> Spoiler. He yeah. dies in the sequel, thank God. Yes. Uh, actually, His acting f- career completes the curse. First but, like, movie was... Uh, Godzilla, 1998, because Biscuit thinks it's a good movie. Oh, I listened to that episode. Everything Biscuit said was right, and everything you said was okay. No. (laughs) And we can trust Henry. He's a monster expert. No. There's a re... Okay. All right. It got a C. It got a C on our podcast. There's a reason they don't acknowledge it as Godzilla. No, they do. I mean, technically, it's Zilla. It's Toho Zilla. owns the it's not, copyright. It's they totally killed it fine. off. They killed it. They said, nope, we're done. They no, killed they it. The baby, the baby survived, and we got the best Saturday morning cartoon they ever. It. it was awesome. All right, it's- all right. Before we get too deep into it, and I want to explain why I call Henry a monster expert. <laughs> he is the mastermind behind It Came From Monster Movie podcast. This is all he talks about. It's all he watches. It's all he thinks about. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I do do other things. I just happen to be really good at this thing. Yes, but if you haven't so. checked out that podcast, you definitely should. Um, but Henry is also an artist. All right, a writer, a dinosaur that. fan. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Well, Any- paleontologist. But... Paleontologist. <laughs> dinosaur uh, fan. You know. I've worked. No, I've been. I've been. <laughs> one of my stories tonight is going to literally be from my times when I used to work with the Judith River Dinosaur Institute in Montana when I was digging up a Stegosaurus graveyard when I was no older than fifteen. So, oh yeah, Kasha. I don't know. Yeah. I wear many hats. Um, <laughs> I've worked at a primate sanctuary. I've been on every continent but Antarctica. Um, and I'm, I think I have a plan on how to get to that continent so that I way that's... I can do my namesakes justice. Um, I've been to the Amazon, the Galapagos, doing research there, been to Africa twice. I kind of forget all the shit I've done. I don't know if we could curse. I've been on Blackbeard's boat, I used to scuba dive with National Geographic. That's, that's really freaking cool. Ago. Yeah, um. <laughs> Worst dive I've ever been on. I I got lost. I almost didn't get to see the damn thing. I ran into Blackbeard's anchor. I hit the seafloor, and I almost ran into a whale. All in the same like hour. It was great. Oh, I feel like my life hasn't amounted to much after listening to all of that. I've been out of the country it, once. <laughs> Only one time. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> I don't do anything. Oh, I, yeah, well, you know, go see the world. The world's great. And I lived in Korea. I'm also a teacher. That's another thing. I used to be an educator. I used to teach. I managed a school for nearly four years in South Korea. That's right. I, that was a part of my life. See the, the world very... after COVID. Once it's safe. Safer. Yes. Or go, just risk it. Go now. Risk and it if you for want to the risk it, biscuit. Biscuit. 
If you want to risk it, you can go to our T Public store and buy my masks. <laughs> All right. Flights are cheap. Same you can see the world. All right. They are actually incredibly cheap right now. <laughs> well, some so... countries are doing better than us. <laughs> so tonight, uh, our format, if you guys haven't been able to tell, is going to be a little bit different than usual. Um, you know, instead of talking about a single conspiracy, we want to talk more broadly about encounters. That's why we have Henry on. Obviously, um, he has lived a very exciting life and has a lot that he can share with us. Um, but specifically, we're focusing on uh, ghosts, so like paranormal stuff, uh, aliens, and cryptids. I know, Henry, your story is about the Loch Ness Monster, but I think we might have yes. a couple other stories as well. So. Um, cool. Yeah, but we have obviously Henry's firsthand experiences. Um, Tin Man, I think you might have some, but we also polled, well, not really polled, we asked Twitter um, and Instagram if they had any stories that they wanted to share. Uh, so we have a few ghost stories and an alien story from the internet. <laughs> Ooh. So that'll be exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. All right, well, I think we'll want to jump into ghosts first. That's kind of a majority of, or the majority of our content. Um, with that, yeah. Yeah, but right. before we start, I have a couple of uh, fun ghost facts for you guys. Oh, God. So 43%... they're real. Yes, ghosts are very real. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> no, 43% of adults one. in the U.S. think that ghosts can come back to haunt people or places, 43%. Uh, and that was a poll conducted just last year, so that's pretty recent. 36% uh, say they have personally felt the presence of a spirit or ghost. And 13% of, this is all American-based, by the way, 13% of Americans say they have communicated directly with a ghost or spirit of someone who has died. So... Just some numbers, some facts for you guys before we dive into uh, some of our firsthand experiences. All right, Henry, we're we're gonna let you do the honor. I was about to be like, is that is that my yeah. cue? Is that my yep. cue? <laughs> um, so actually, this is not just my ghost story, but this is actually why I believe in ghosts and spirits and stuff. Um, I also realized that technically, I do have a darker experience where i believe in limbo and i thought about it and i'll will i don't think i'm comfortable enough to talk about my limbo experience but i will talk about the ghost because i didn't believe in ghosts until this happened uh in my life so i grew up uh on a little island in the charleston area called sullivan's island and for those playing the home game, uh, across the way from Sullivan's Island is a place called Fort Sumter, and a little ditty called the Civil War started there. <laughs> so, you know, I grew up in the South. It was great, despite my outrageous accent. Uh, I grew up in the South, uh, so, you know, the wonderful time period where the South thought it was right has been etched into my brain. And I was... I was at least 10 or 11 years old. We had just moved into our house in Sullivan's. And at the time, my brother Harrison, who is now a New York City ballet dancer and is super rad and goes support his stuff, um, and I were, you know, 
We shared a room and all that jazz. And on Saturday mornings, he liked to go to Fort Moultrie, which is uh, a fort that's been around in American history since like the revolution. Um, and I think it was still active up until the end of World War One, And I think it might have been used in World War Two, but I can't really remember that. But it, it's been used a lot in the South. And uh, he, Harrison at the time had this very funny habit because uh, he just got a video camera for his Christmas present. And he liked to make movies and documentaries. And his documentaries were literally him filming himself where his friends in an angle where he could read the plaque off the information of the fort to make it sound like he's done his research. You know, kid, kid stuff, kid right. stuff. And uh, one Saturday morning, uh, he came back from football tree and I was in our room and I was, it was like, you know, it was just being him. Why our youngest brother, Wyatt was out doing something and the parents weren't home. So it's just Harrison and I, and it was, one of the few Saturday mornings where I actually got to have the PlayStation two to myself and I was playing Jurassic world, uh, Jurassic park operation Genesis nice. coming, you know, <laughs> building that God complex. I'm so proud to have. And Harrison gets home and he's like, Henry, I'm going to go in the office and I'm going to do editing. And I'm like, you do you, I'm playing Jurassic park. And he's like, can I play after you? And I'm like, after you're done editing. So we were fine. And uh, I'm just playing my game, making sure my dinosaurs don't eat people. And all of a sudden, I hear Harrison scream. And I go, oh, boy. And he's like, Henry! And I'm like, what? You know, we're literally a hallway down from each other. Classic sibling communication. <laughs> and uh, he goes, I need you to come here. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, I need you here. And I'm like, come on, I'm playing my video game. Why do you need me? And he's like, Henry, I'm scared and I need my big brother. And I was just like, oh, why did you have to play the big brother card? So, you know, I pause the game and I go it. I, you know, I walk down the hallway and I go into our office and I see Harrison's laptop connected to his video camera on one end. Harrison is on the other side end of the room petrified i was like what's going on and he's like can you watch this to make sure i'm seeing what i think i'm seeing so i play it and it's just him uh it's harrison you know pretending he has a microphone you know doing the whole like look at i'm a documentary person and where he is in fulton moultrie is a bunker that's underground that you have to get through through like a little like access way and the bunker's really cool because it's got all these, like, the old rooms that used to be there, like the war rooms and the stationary rooms and the education rooms. But they're blocked out by glass. So he's, like, in front of one of these, and he's talking and, like, you know, he's like, do you, like, is that not scary or what? I'm like, yeah, Harrison, your face is terrifying. And he's like, no, not that. And I'm like, what? And he's like, can you not see it? What are you talking about? Like, watch it again. I watched it again, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at, Harrison. It's just you. And he's like, look there. And he points to the right-hand side of the screen. So we play it again, and I register movement behind the glass. Of course, my first reaction is like, Harrison, were you alone? He's like, yeah, I was the only one there. And it made sense. He went at like 9 in the morning. It had just opened up, and it was like the fall. We don't have tourists on our island at that time. 
and like i was like okay can i watch it again so i watched it again i'm like you you harrison do you swear on mom's grave that you were alone like yes and this is actually why i believe in ghosts because what i was seeing that he had captured on tape is as he was talking about 30 seconds into the, the tape behind him behind the glass because i thought it was a reflection of someone that's why i kept asking if he was alone because i was like for the love of god i hope this is a reflection that someone walked by him but he swore on mom and that's like our biggest like deal breaker the body walks out of the wall and it's really weird because it was transparent it was, you know, the height of an adult man. And what was weird was he was the the this body, though transparent, was wearing Confederate clothing. Like and it was detailed. Like I could see the little badges, I could see the little frills. And I mean, like I said, we grew up in the South. Like the Civil War is like fed to us as early as possible. I know that attire anywhere in the world. What was really crazy about it is while the clothes and the hat and the material a person would be wearing at death was visible, wherever skin was, was like static. Like when a TV, like, you know, when a, you know, you're a late night kid and you're trying to watch porn on an old TV and there's all the static and stuff. It was like that. It was just static on a tv like where the hand was where the face was where all that was anywhere where skin would have been visible on a living person was just static like it was crazy and this body just walks out of the wall stands there for about three seconds then walks in a military gate through the, the other wall all behind Harrison, who did not see it because he was looking at the camera. We watched this thing like five more times because I, because as a kid, like, yeah, at this time, I believed in the Loch Ness Monster. And we will definitely get into that whole phenomenon and all that jazz. But like, as a kid, I didn't believe in ghosts because for me, ghosts were just what you saw in Ghostbusters. Like, there's no way something like that could exist. I'll never forget. So our parents finally came home and we showed them the tape because like, obviously we're like, no one want, here wants to jump to the conclusion that we just saw a ghost. Um, no one wants to jump to that conclusion. So we saw our parents and my mom and dad were both like, we don't know what that is. We have no idea. We showed it to our neighbors. We showed it to half the neighborhood. And everybody's just like, what did you kids find? And then, the reason why a lot of you don't know about it and can only hear my story about it is because we had to move from our house about maybe a month after this experience. And uh, Harrison lost the videotape during the move. Oh, We no. can't find it. And it. But, like, for me, it's, it's like one of those memories that always sticks with me because I'll never forget it. Because I think the thing that like really freaked me out and why I was like, I think I just saw a ghost 
was for for me personally, it made sense that like the clothes were imprinted and the specter or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like wherever the human's body was electrical, like staticky, freaked me out. And when I grew older and I learned about how we generate our own electrical currents, this is actually what kind of led me to my theory that like when you die, you know, there's a possibility that you just release this electrical pulse and sometimes it gets stuck and it just goes through loops. Um, in fact, I actually use this element in one of the fantasy series I'm writing um, as a tribute to my, like, like I said, I never believed in ghosts until I saw this. And yeah. now I do believe like not every ghost story I believe is real, but I do believe that, you know, I think when people die or when things die, your electrical output is released and maybe sometimes it could be caught, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting concept. And and it's funny that you say that because I'm someone I've never had a ghost experience. And I would say that I'm probably someone who doesn't really believe in ghosts. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to flat out say that I don't, but I'm definitely more on that side of the non-believer side. But in I feel like anyone who's had a an experience like that will then say yes, like I've seen it. I believe that it exists now. Um, and someone in chat, uh, so actually Corvid, we have a story from her later, um, says that it sounds like what you saw is a poltergeist. So I'm not I'm not on the up and up on all the different kinds of ghosts, but I know from the movies that I've watched, that poltergeists are bad. <laughs> so yeah. um, I don't know. I know that ghosts take different, different kinds of ghosts take different forms, or there are different forms of energy. Um, I know poltergeist is one of those. So I don't know. Yeah. No. It's like, like I said, I don't. You know, I don't quote Gravity Falls. I don't want to hurt my knees because I'm jumping to conclusions, okay. <laughs> but. You know, I I think what just always blows my mind is how distinctly I remember the clothing being so lifelike. But then, like, I'll never forget it. Because I, as a kid, I didn't understand why the body would be so staticky. And then, you know, a year or two later, I would take a science class and learn about our electrical output that our bodies can create. And, like, it just clickety-clacked, like, oh my God, maybe when you die, like your physical body doesn't exist, but like your elect- the, the impulse, the soul, as you will, retains its shape and obviously would retain the human shape because that's where the electricity has been formed all those years. Yeah. So yeah, that's, um, that's my spooky dookie ghost story. Well, and one other thing uh, off of that story. So um, someone in chat, Zave, was talking about how he doesn't know if he believes in ghosts in the traditional sense, but going back to what you said about the, the energy of the universe and, you know, m- there being the possibility that that energy could be trapped in certain ways where it repeats itself, um, that he kind of sees it more as that. Um, so I don't know, do you guys, I mean, obviously, Henry, you've kind of seen the more like, 
what I would call standard ghost, right? Is kind of this like yeah. image, uh, human image. Um, but Tin Man, I know that you have your own story and you don't have to go fully into it if you don't want to. But I mean, was that your experience as well? Kind of like the the typical ghostly figure or is yours a little bit different? Um, Mine wasn't so much. I never saw anything. Um, I, mine was more like weird. One of, one of the occurrences was like a weird feeling. Um, like I heard voices and when I got up to like, look, okay, okay. I can't just say that without going into it. <laughs> so I'm sitting at home, um, minding my own business, you know, nodding off on the, on the couch after work. And, um, we had the the steps that went up to the the front door, and it was like a deck, and I could very distinctly hear someone coming up the stairs. Right, I heard the screen door open, I heard the screen door shut, and then I heard nothing else. So I'm like, man, I don't want to deal with anybody today. I'm tired. I just got off work. I was working at like UPS, so I'm like covered in sweat. I'm gross. I don't want to deal with anyone, and it's like nine or ten in the morning at this point man i don't want to deal with it. so i wait a minute hoping that they just leave waiting for a knock or something nothing so I get up that's weird you know that's kind of weird to not have anyone knock and they're just standing there with the door open like that's weird so i get up and i open the front door and there's nothing there's nobody the screen door is shut like all the way because you know sometimes screen doors they'll shut close but not latch and so the screen door is shut there's nothing sitting on the ground there's nothing and i like walk out to the road and i'm like there's no one around it's quiet it's almost too quiet for being a neighborhood so that was the first one now i wouldn't necessarily say it's like a ghost story i just said it's weird. It's 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 a little weird. Um, the second one, same thing. I was working at UPS, but this is like at work, and it's the middle of winter. And in Missouri winter, it gets super freaking cold, right? So, um, I'm at work, minding doing my job. I get off, and I was riding with my buddy. Um, I drove him to work every day, and he get he gets out before me. So I get in the car after him, I start the car up and everything, and he's like, have you been in the car yet today? Like, oh, not since I got out of the car this, you know, this morning before work. And he's like, he's like, swear to God, yeah, I, ain't, I haven't done anything. I've just been, I've been working. You saw me. You came up to me on the line. And he's like, well, check this out. And on the inside of my car, on the inside is a handprint. And it's like, if I remember correctly, it was the left handprint on the inside, and it like wiped away, right? So either someone would have had to been sitting in my driver's seat and reached over and put their hand up, or someone would have either, I mean, somebody had to be in my car, because it's on the inside. Like, I wiped it, and it wiped, wiped away from the inside. I was just, just some weird stuff, man. Just, just weird stuff. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's scarier to think that someone was in your car or there was a ghost doing that. <laughs> both of them sound pretty scary. Yeah, I sit here being like, why not both? 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, I don't think I don't think either of them. I wouldn't classify either of them as ghost stories. Just creepy. Um. The the first one I would I would say is more of a paranormal thing. Um, just because, like I said, I walked out to the road and it wasn't like I waited like thirty minutes and then walked out. I mean, I waited like thirty seconds for them to, which I feel like is enough time for someone to open the door, knock, and you know whatever. But since there was no knock, I waited like thirty seconds, a minute tops. And I mean, I walked out to the road and I can see all the way down my road both ways. There was nobody. There was no cars. There was nothing. So. That one was a little bit. I think that one's a little bit more weird than the other one, personally. A little, a little spooky. <laughs> but I mean, I do. I, mean, no. I do believe in ghosts. You know, I do. I think, I think that people's experiences are very, very real. Even though I haven't had one myself, um, I think that. I don't know. I'm. I'm tend. I tend to be, a believer that, it's like. Um, the more you open yourself up to it, the more likely you are to experience something. Not necessarily go looking for it and you'll find it, but if you are more receptive to that type of experience, you're kind of like, like your perception is more open for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, I've always felt that Oh, and Biscuit, you're welcome to correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like for a lot of people, it's when you experience stuff and not just like because we we could all sit here and talk about all the hoaxes that have happened over the years for people to prove paranormal activities or supernatural activities, even cryptid you know, whatnot. It's like when we get into my Loch Ness monster story, I'll talk about my personal theories as well and kind of debunk I like I can't stand when people talk about the plesiosaur theory for a number of reasons. Um but what I feel like, you know, it's one of those very like this is too simple of an idea, but it it is the idea uh, you don't believe it until you see it. Um and sometimes like your brain is trying to we've we as a species have been trying to do this for centuries. Just, you know, we see something and we have to try and explain what exactly we saw. I mean, people used to think that lightning and thunder were the gods. And now we kind of know more about that concept. And that's fair. But even still, like, there are some things in this universe that we don't know. And, you know, it's the double-edged sword of intelligence where, like, we know the reasons. But sometimes the reasons are just so heavy or real or intense that we don't want to accept that there's no way that's the reason i mean look at the mess we're in now is because people don't want to expect you know mm-hmm. accept the horrible truth of what's going on yeah uh, because they can't truly see it you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's you know i wrote a whole uh in college we had to write a uh at the end of our college four years how to write a uh, senior thesis about our belief system and what we as people learned through our college experience and if our belief system went in and I had like I was just like trying to figure out what exactly would I identify my belief system to be because I have faith I have spirituality 
Um, but I also have science, a very bizarre science background. And I realized that the best way to describe my belief system is this I believe in the Loch Ness Monster. And I, I, we'll go into that whole thing when we do my story. Um, I definitely think it is a lot of seeing is believing for some people. Though some people are very wishful for what they want to see. Mm-hmm. will do everything they can to bring that into reality, which is either a hoax or you've got a tulpa on your hands and nobody needs a tulpa. On. Right. <laughs> are, that's all. Tulpas are a whole spooky concept that I'm like, for the, I once, uh, I once uh, went on an OkCupid date with somebody. It seemed really rad, but then she told me about that she had a tulpa. I was like, ooh, you know what? I've never realized how big of a red flag that could be for me when someone's like, yeah, no, sometimes when I'm really tired, like it manifests itself and follows me around and keeps me up at night and like described in detail what it was and what it looked like. And I was just like, that's a tulpa. I don't No, Thank you. I don't check, know what that is. Check, Should I be please? asking? <laughs> Do you want to explain what it's? You can. It's, it's a really, uh, Tulpas, so tulpas actually, like most really cool things in the world, is a uh, is a Buddhist concept. Um, but during the age of spirituality, uh, people start to learn what tulpas are. And a t- like, tulpa is supposed to be in yourself and enlightenment. It's supposed to be your purest self. But a lot of people also believe that tulpas might be the reason why we have paranormal activity. Because like I said... Our bodies create all this electricity and there's all this energy that we probably don't really realize and stuff. Pretty much tulpas are imaginary friends gone wild. Okay. <laughs> um, you can, you know, there's some great podcasts. Last podcast on the left had one. 13th Floor had an episode about them. But pretty much like a tulpa is if you keep believing in an idea or a concept and like meditate on it and want to give it life it will eventually the ideal will become tangible okay um but sometimes they can go wild and sometimes it's like if you have an emotional stress and it or it's like literally your emotions can come to life or a concept that you have comes to life like a lot of people think that everybody sees ufos in a certain way because everybody has a template of what a UFO looks like. Mm. So like pretty much humanity is creating its own cryptids and myth like monsters and stuff. And that's why like it's a self, it's pretty much ideas come to life. Yeah. Uh, Which is fascinating. But I, I find, I find the idea of someone like manifestations, I think mentally or physically are very dangerous realms of thought. And it's just like, she was like, yeah, no, I have a tulpa. And I was like, oh, that's really, like, that's really neat. And then I asked her questions about it. And I was like, that is a very terrifying sign. If like, if you don't have a tulpa, they're like, you know, they're red flags, enough red flags to get you to the top of Everest and back. Great. <laughs> I don't know, maybe um, an interesting concept to explore on one of our future episodes, potentially. Yeah, <laughs> it is episode? fascinating. The con- Ooh, because you could cover everything. <laughs> um, 
Well, I know we have yeah, a couple. No. I know we have a couple of other ghost stories. So, Tin Man, do you want to start with one of our first user submitted stories? Um. Okay. So, talking to you about that, Kaiomori sent me one right before stream. Do you want to read possums, and I will read Kaios? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll read possums. So. Okay. All right. So the first story was submitted by Awesome Opossum. Um, you can follow her on Twitch. She's really cool. Um, but she, this she, is her. She talked to us about lizard people in depth for two episodes. Yes, she was our first guest ever she, on the show. Rad. She. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm still lizard people out. I'm still. I'm done. The South Carolina lizard man's a real thing, and you still get the bounty for a thousand dollars if you turn it into a, some radio station. Thousand dollars. It's either a thousand or ten. It's one of those decimals. <laughs> All right, now you have my. I'm a creative writing major. I don't do math. Money. Get money if you bring in a lizard man. I bet Tin, tin Man could find a lizard man to bring in. <laughs> it's gonna be you. It's oh, I'm a lizard man. I'll split it with you. It's not a very convincing lizard man. Maybe. <laughs> On with the story. All right. Yeah, let's let's get to awesome possum <laughs> story. So, um, she said that this happened to her parents. Uh, it says when they were students, they were trying to figure out how to decorate their apartment. They would go to flea markets and buy old photos, kind of have like a unique look around their place. Um, so that meant that there were a lot of photos of people they didn't know and they were just hanging around the apartment. Um, so <laughs> she said that was mistake number one. Um, and it's also important yeah, I was about to say that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's also important to note that their apartment has two stories. So there's a bedroom upstairs, um, and there's kind of like a landing and then the stairs go into the living room. This is important for part number two. So, um, they had a tradition of going to the movies every Saturday night. And one Saturday, they came home and were about to go to bed. They're going through their normal routine. Um, so they had a cat. The cat started to walk upstairs because the cat knows the routine. You know, it's bedtime. They're going upstairs. So the cat, you know, starts to go upstairs. Um, but when the cat got to the upstairs landing... Apparently, it locked eyes with something and just stopped dead in its tracks. Um, there's like this instant mood change. The cat's tail puffed up, arched her back, and started hissing, growling, and was basically like could not be controlled. This cat was terrified. Um, so her dad got up to the landing to check, see like what was going on. Um, and he said to this day, he never saw anything. Um, but he did smell something terrible. It smelled like death, like something was rotting. Um, and so obviously they were really freaked out. Um, the very next day, they got rid of all of the photos uh, and eventually ended up moving. So pretty soon after that, um, no, the, no less than a month goes by. Um, and the building that they had been in with all the photos and everything burnt to the ground on a Sunday night. Um, and apparently to this day, it still hasn't been rebuilt. Um, so they, <laughs> they got out just in the nick of time, apparently. And that is, that's horrifying. I can't even yeah. imagine experiencing something like that. <laughs> 
Oh, you gotta be careful with antiques. You gotta go with your vibes. Yeah. yeah. Like some things are there because they're not supposed to be touched again. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's bad juju. Yes. So, uh, some input from Corvid from chat. She said it's definitely some. That sounds like demon stuff. You're never supposed yeah. to take spooky pictures from thrift stores. Like literally, <laughs> this is cabin in the woods kind of stuff for my upcoming episode that you can listen to now on Patreon. Shameless plugs everywhere. But like, <laughs> that's the whole thing with cabin in the woods. You don't go down in the basement and touch any of the weird objects because right. the weird <laughs> objects are cursed. Yes. They're all exactly. not good. <laughs> For sure. Um, did you want to move on with the, the Corvid Witches stories, or did you want uh, me to do Kaios? Yeah, do Kaios. Okay, so Kaios says, uh, Kaio Mora, you can watch him as well on Twitch, uh, super cool dude, one of my oldest friends, um, says, uh, it all started in the year 2012, uh, when him and his girlfriend at the time were living in an old farmhouse. No, you don't do it. <laughs> uh, we were sitting yeah, in our no, small don't. living room, she screamed. He wasn't one to act impulsively, and he was truly concerned. It was nighttime, and we were far enough outside of the city that he knew no one, no one else was around. Her eyes large. Uh, he asked what was wrong, and she told them there was someone in the doorway of their bedroom. Um, I knew we were the only ones in the house, uh, he says. So she stated it was an old lady with a gray dress on. Uh, he thought she was losing her mind. The radio... Uh, came on and out of tuning so I guess like just dead air Um, it was an old radio and me being a skeptic uh, thought nothing of it it was weird for sure but he brushed it off Um, she jumped off the couch and at that moment it felt as if someone draped a napkin across the back of his neck Um, he jumped up too and started to freak out running to the kitchen following her she started running to the kitchen he followed her there uh, he asked why she jumped, why she ju- why she jumped up. Uh, the kitchen was cold. We didn't have an air conditioning, and it was July. You had no, he had no explanation. Suddenly, something slammed on the floor underneath me, as if someone was pounding on the ceiling below. Uh, it was this night. He says that he went from skeptic to believer. There was something in the house. He doesn't know how to explain it. Um, there was something there. Maybe it was a spirit, ghosts, or entities. He wasn't sure, but he definitely believes now because of that incident. Wow, so that's like a very physical experience. Right. With a ghost. Yeah. You you got to you got to be careful with as, as dumb as this is going to sound. You got to be careful with old things. <laughs> like um like when I when I was in Paris and when I was in France, I went to an old cathedral that had been like built during the age of Joan of Arc. Uh it survived World War One, got bombed in World War Two, it got rebuilt, you know. And like I touched one of the old like old columns from like its first structure and it's like it's a weird feeling when you feel time and you feel like the history just from its touch, like all that energy of what if it's experienced. And like, there's some places on this wor- on, in this world, and uh, that are just like you can get them in positive ways. Like, if you go to a really nice secluded part of nature, and you just feel more entwined because you got to remember that trees are alive, and they're communicating and sentient, and that maybe is your experience of just interacting with a truly alien life form. 
that is a tree. Not saying trees are aliens. I could talk about how mushrooms are aliens, but <laughs> different podcasts. Um, but you know, spooky stuff. Uh, like it's not a true. It's not like a super ghost story. But like when I went to camp to get my diver certification, we went to an island in North Carolina that apparently had the story that a man committed suicide and shot his brains out against the wall and what and the thing is the room they put us in they said that like on some nights you could still like the stain will return i saw that stain return i don't know what it was because it was dark and i'm like hoping to god to this day that it was just the shadows from the trees uh and stuff but like old places you got like if old places have bad juju you gotta be aware of that juju like For sure Human instincts, uh, human instincts are human instincts, man. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, you know, there are things beyond, you know, Shakespeare line. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt in your mirror's philosophies. Like, yeah. best way to live. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and it's um, a fun town. I've actually, you know, arch. I don't get too close, but I've been to the uh, the Alexia Brothers Hospital, which is where the exorcist actually took place. Um, well, where the exorcist, the movie, is based off of. And, um, I've, you know, people have told me that they used to work in this hospital. And, like, the elevator... So, that floor is shut down or it was for the longest time completely shut down nothing was on it and for the longest time the elevator even if you didn't press that you couldn't even press that button but the elevator would stop on that floor and the doors would open and then they would shut and you would go on about your your trip and it's like you know i i don't need that i don't need that at all no thanks so yeah, you got to be aware. And that's not even, the thing is, is like the original hospital that the exorcism took place in or whatever, um, I, th- I think it burned to the ground. Or maybe they tore it down. I think it got too old and they tore it down. But then they just rebuilt the hospital next to it. So it's like, whatever. But I don't know why you, I don't know. I don't know why you would Look, do that. Weird places. I mean, think about Mel Gibson making that Jesus movie and how lightning struck the set several times. <laughs> Like, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a very strange believer. And after just having a quick text biscuit, I might get a little heavy real quick. Because I actually think, I kind of forget that this is, would technically be a paranormal story. But well, it's one of the reasons, one of the uh, reasons why I do have a chipper uh, attitude with everything now. Yeah. Uh, and I, if you want me to tell that story. Yeah, I just want to give a, a quick warning. Um, so this does touch on, I would say, sensitive subjects. Um, very sensitive. <laughs> very I'm going to tell it quick, and then we're going to go to Loch Ness. I don't care. I'm going to tell it quick, but I think it deserves to be in the realm, because my brain is just like, this is a good story. It is a good story. Yeah. It also really solidifies beliefs that I had. Like I yeah. said, I didn't believe in ghosts, and... Up until this point, I didn't have really a belief in an afterlife because paleontology has taught me when you're dead, turn into fossils. 
So definitely some warnings. Um, but uh, but I also just want to shout out to uh, the Corvid Witch that uh, you want to know more about how mushrooms are aliens. Uh, DM me on Instagram or Twitter, and I will go into the full rant about the uh, fossil history of mushrooms and how uh, the earliest fossils are found on meteorites. <laughs> uh, but so, not to get into super details, but I have mental health conundrums. And at the end of college, uh, I dealt with a very, very intense mental health conundrum that led me doing something not very good to myself. And because of that, because uh, when people ask, it's like, this year's been tough, and as it has been for everybody, but it's been a little emotionally tough for me, oddly enough, not because of COVID, but just because of life stuff. And I've been tackling some of my demons that are not great. But my first time, but this is also one of the reasons why I laugh and smile and appreciate that I have, like, that I'm here able to have this experience with Tin Man and Biscuit. Because if I finished what I had started in college, I this wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be telling Corvid that uh, mushrooms are aliens. It's a great, beautiful moment. But uh, I made an attempt, and in that attempt, I blacked out, and I went to limbo. I went somewhere. It was cold. It felt like an eternity. It was dark. And the worst part about the reason why I call it limbo was because it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, but the thing that really unnerved me about it was... It felt like an eternity, and I had to see every single face of someone that cared about me for eternity. Wow. And it was, it was, uh, you know, it was a very humbling experience. But, like, up until that point, I didn't really have a belief in what comes after. And, like, maybe that was just trauma from the mental whatnot. But when people are like, what got you out? Because I did get out. Because while I was there, because what felt like eternity apparently was only like a minute, um, I heard my kettle go off in my kitchen. And I totally forgot that I had invited some friends over for tea. And, I, and the, the, my, like, the British Henry that's in my DNA went, that would be terribly rude if your friends came over to your house and found you not within this mortal world, but you you forgot to leave the kettle on oh, uh, no. and didn't have tea at least prepared. So like I got up, made tea, told three of my friends, told them what happened. And then I, you know, got help the next day. And then I ran away from to Korea for five years. Uh, but it's one of those things where I was just thinking about us all talking about this really crazy stuff. And it's just like, kind of forget that that is an experience I've had as well. Like, not only do I have an experience that made me believe in ghosts, I have an experience that made me believe in an afterlife. And it is one of the reasons why, like, you know, Biscuit, I have this, like, people are like, you're so extroverted. I'm like, no, I'm introverted. But I've also realized that, like, you know, I messaged you because I was like, your art is rad and I want to talk Princess Mononoke with you. And now yeah. I've been, like, so happy. And now I'm talking to 
Thin Man, and I'm so excited because I definitely am pr- planning Bermuda Tentacles for you too. Yes, season three. Yes, it's coming. <laughs> I'm. It's coming. This Bisca, I think you're due for a bad movie on my po- podcast. Nice. I mean, we yeah. don't know if it's going to be bad. We never know. Never. Um, I mean, ha- <laughs> Haley, Haley finally told me that because uh, I had her on the podcast the other day, and she was like, "Henry, I cannot believe that the first good movie you showed me on this damn show is Sonic the Hedgehog." But you know, <laughs> it's what it is. Well, we are very glad. But sorry to get dark, every yeah, sorry to get dark, everybody. It's just like throwing in more of that, like who can, you know. There might be stuff beyond, and we don't know. I think I had an experience, so just want to let people know at uh, safe spaces. Make sure you talk to your friends. Be happy where you are. Yes. Glad to. Yes, we're very glad that you are here with us as well, Henry. For sure. Um, yeah. And thank you for sharing your experience. But, you know, I think that is a really good tie-in to Ghosts in the Paranormal because... I feel like a lot of times when you talk about that, it's kind of laser focused on, you know, the the apparitions or the um, entities or experiences. And it's kind of like in this silo, but it's, to me, it's kind of hard to talk about ghosts without also talking about what comes after. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you know, can't are they they're kind of one and the same can you believe in ghosts and not believe in an afterlife or or a higher power like they're they're kind of intertwined i think there may be some people who look at it in a more scientific way and say you know this is like energy kind of like what we were talking about you know trapped energy there's like a scientific reason behind it and maybe there are people who can kind of take that stance on it and separate the um, more spiritual aspect of it. Um, But I think it's kind of interesting that there's um, different ways to look at ghosts in general. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's one of the things that like, it really helps because, you know, I, like I said, if you have those issues, go get help, make sure you get the right kind of help. Please be open about it because don't make my mistake and not tell anybody about it because that just causes a lot of problems. But um it's one of those things where it's like people are like, oh, how bad is it? And I'm like, look, I never want to go back there again. Whether it was something that my brain came up with or if I really went to a place, whatever it was, it was a physical reality for me. Thank God I've been raised as this weird British mutt because <laughs> Tea kettle, tea solves everything. Saved my life, so it's why I always offer tea to people. Right. It saved my life, and it'll save yours. Well, I think we have yeah. a f- few more stories. Do you want to dive into yeah. those real quick? Yeah. Okay, so Corbett has um, quite a list of interesting stories, so I'm kind of excited to talk about these. Um, I like Corvid. Just want to point that out there. Corvid is awesome. So Corvid also streams. I can't remember your exact schedule, but I think, I don't know if, I think it's on and off recently, but um, there's a Twitch channel for Corvid. So check that out at the Corvid witch. Uh, But yeah, Corvid is just a really awesome person in general. Um, uh, Who states, uh, she can usually tell when a place is haunted or not. So, Corbett, I feel like 
you're already kind of positioning yourself for some interesting experiences. Um, so we'll kind of walk through these. So the first one says, I used to live in a creepy house in the woods when I was a freshman in high school. I went to use the bathroom one morning, and as I was leaving my room, I saw someone on the stairs and figured it was my sister. I called out to her, and the figure vanished and then reappeared at the top of the stairs. It looks like a little girl with curly brown hair and one of those old-timey nightgowns. Uh, needless to say, I slammed the door shut and locked it. <laughs> so that's experience number one. I'm just and- going to say real quick, fuck that. Yeah, no, no thank you. Octet, I would have just burned the burned the whole place down. Done. I'm done. <laughs> like I read that. I'm out. I I read that in our outline, and I was like, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't know if I would stay there very much longer after that, honestly. Um, but I think some of these. So that's an ex- another example of definitely a more humanoid figure, right? Um, so this next one says, "My dad's house is stupidly haunted." <laughs> Ghosts, shadow figures, you name it. My stepmom decided to add an addition onto the house when I was in middle school. She added a sunroom upstairs, and in the basement, she added a bedroom so I could have a room to myself. It was a nightmare. (laughs) When I was in that room, there were shadow figures constantly trying to get into my room. There was one night where I saw the door handle turn, and a shadow figure slowly crept in with a huge grin on its face. I started locking my bedroom door after that. So that's that's like physic a physical manifestation. Well, I I also sit here like adjusting my glasses as a nerd, being like, ghosts, ghosts are ghosts, you know, intangible, walk through walls, whatever. They spooky. Shadow figures are no good, friends. They are no demonic. That is don't. Those are demons. Mm-hmm. Those are no thank you, friends. Yeah. So I no hope that you, your dad is okay. <laughs> he's still living in the house. Um, but it's that's- hard to get. Yes, let us know if he's still in the house or if he's burned to the ground yet, please. Yeah, that does not sound like a great situation. Um, but we'll we, we'll see if Corvid responds. Um, but we'll we'll go on to the next story. So next one, I worked at a haunted house for two years as an actor. The haunted house is on the same property as the railroad museum. Um, So apparently they used one of their trains as a little spooky ride instead of a hayride. Um, So one of the old, I assuming one of the old railroad trains as the the creepy ride. Um, Apparently a lot of stuff happened on that property. So there's a lot of activity. I guess there was a little girl ghost there and she followed me home. (laughs) Nothing spooky. She was pretty chill. Right, yeah. But mm-hmm. it was still a ghost following her home. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's nothing spooky about a ghost following her home. <laughs> that's just a Tuesday. But oh. she said there's another ghost that was there that will forever creep her out. Uh, he was an old dude that had one of those creepy stalker smiles, and he just never stopped smiling. Um, apparently she only had to work in the room he was in once, but that was more than enough. <laughs> Never wanted to work in that room again. <laughs> Man, see, smile. That just... Oh, no, thank you. Oh, no, no. no All right, no. and... Like... Yeah, that just... 
I mean, I guess that's great if you're running a haunted house there. That's perfect. You have people, people you don't have to pay. No. Here. No. No. No, you don't want people to get those heebie-jeebies. That's <laughs> awful. No. No. Not if they're don't following people home. Like, don't deal with spooky places. And places with energy you don't mess with. That's why I like somewhat subscribe to the ley line conundrums because it's just like no thank you. Big old no thank you to the the world beyond. Corvid said that uh her dad is still there and stepmom. So they did not listen to her warning. Probably possessed. <laughs> they are probably possessed. Oh my gosh. I that they don't would be have me. shadows when they leave the house. Keep an eye out, Corvid. Shadow Be careful. Shadow feeds We've are no the case. good. <laughs> you think I'm freaking out for like a bit. This is not a freak out. Sh shadow beings are just no thank yous. Yeah. They're not friends. I mean, I feel like Corvid is pretty up up on this stuff, so I'm sure that's a concern <laughs> that dad and stepmom are still living there uh, but she said she hasn't been there in years so oh, well man. well there's still some mystery to that i don't know hopefully everything yeah, like will be we okay should, we should go to some light light-hearted topics wait one more there's one more <laughs> one more from covid or corvid not covid please okay um <laughs> oh, covid ghosts all right last one when i was a kid i used to see over at my second cousin's house a lot there is a spot on the wall in one of the rooms that had a very faint handprint of a baby on it. No matter how much they painted over it, the handprint would still be there. And there was one area in their house where you could just barely hear a baby crying randomly throughout the day. So I'm sure that was also a wonderful place to live. Con constant baby crying. You laugh because you're not a true believer, but I'm this not, is no thing. I haven't experienced it. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying that I would want to. I wouldn't I want to experience it. What's that. that behind you? A crocodile? Oh, the baby hand that just crawled behind the painting. <laughs> well, I, if All you right, can hear that's the, your baby hand. If you can hear the faint cries of a baby, there is a baby in the hallway. Baby cat. Who's very sad that I'm not playing with him right now? I was gonna say, why did you put the baby in the hallway, man? Jeez, <laughs> there's a baby in the hallway. It's just another day at my house. <laughs> just Tuesday, just Tuesday thing. I actually have like somewhat. I was so excited talking about the paranormal stuff, but now I remember this is why I don't like talking about paranormal stuff because it's just like, oh, thank you. I don't. Well, well, I know right. it exists. Don't worry, because we're moving on to UFOs. You know what exists? Mm -hmm. Thank God. Yep, it's UFO time. All right, some quick fire facts for you guys about aliens and UFOs. Um, obviously, every year there are thousands upon thousands of reported UFO sightings. Um, and here in the U.S., there's a, a number of famous alien conspiracies, right? There's... Roswell, New Mexico, Area 51, Phoenix Light Incidents, Project Blue Book. Like, there's just a lot of stuff, a lot of famous conspiracies that revolve around aliens. And one in five Americans believe that aliens have visited Earth, which I feel like that's a high, oh, I don't know. 
Seems like a large number. <laughs> That's not a like a statistic anymore. That's actually like a government fact. Is well, I was gonna say last year there was some declassified alien information. Is that what you're talking about? I'm talking about what happened like two months ago. What happened two months ago? And the, and the Pentagon went. Oh, by the way, here's all the documents for the uh, uh, identified non-terrestrial vehicles that we've identified over the years. During like yeah. all the craziness that was going on this summer. Oh, that just the U.S. Agree. government was like, yeah, the U.S. government was like, oh, by the way, here's all our data on the non-terrestrial vehicles. Yeah, don't were... mind us. Go back to doing what you're doing. Yeah, it was like, oh, you're dealing with COVID. Well, here, have this too. Like, yeah, UFOs are real, guys. Just deal with COVID, so yeah. no one freaks out. Like, don't worry about and this. Then, you it's know, fine. there's alien life on Venus now. <laughs> We're handling it, uh, don't worry. Yeah, you know, they released cool. the stuff about Bigfoot, uh, and then they released the I really the stuff wish about this UFOs. was... I really wish the UFO thing wasn't, like, a joke, but it is literally, like... I remember listening on the BBC, like, this whole story about how America's dumb because they don't know how to deal with COVID. <laughs> and the person's like, oh, and by the way, the Pentagon's released all the non terrestrial vehicle sightings that the government has documented that the U.S. Air Force has deemed we don't know what it is. It's probably aliens. I, well, I thought they had declassified some stuff towards the end of last year and then it just sounds no, like England did. declassified no, more. England did. Yeah. They're just That's... declassifying everything. Bigfoot, Big, UFOs. Yeah, Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. This is the end times. We might as well just get it all out on the table before we're all gone. Next, they're gonna start. Uh, didn't, I'm sorry to interrupt your facts. Go on with more. Didn't they also just recently say that they were trying to um, clone dinosaur DNA? Uh, I a... will rant about that if you want me to rant about that. But Biscuit knows that that will be the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's maybe save that for a different time. Um, all right, that's fine. Yeah, but those are those are all the facts I had. That was it. Just just a couple of, of you know facts to get us in you know an alien sort of mood. But you know, I, I think the fact of you know one in five Americans they they believe that aliens have visited Earth. To me, that feels somewhat high. But I don't know what you get. Like, does that maybe maybe that's not such a high number? I don't know. Kitty cat. Um, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's high. I think that's, I, I don't know. I believe the aliens have, have visited. Now I don't. I don't I mean, necessarily subscribe to like the ancient alien. You know, like that. That dude. Oh, please don't talk but, about that documentary. My dad I love ancient aliens. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love it because it's ridiculous. But I don't think that like every mystery of the Earth and of civilization as we know it is related to alien. Um, so, like, give us some credit. Right. Let us build the pyramids. That's cool. <laughs> That's a human achievement. I right. don't want to... No, we don't need that. I, I, my dad was watching one about El Dorado being alien-related. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Come on. Everything's Come alien. Come on. El Dorado is a city of gold because they found gold. It's not a golden city. It's just... Right. Their goals... And I, I mean, Biscuit, you talk about the one in five, but um, there's a statistic I always love to hear, which is uh, 
in like 2011, uh, they did a poll uh, in CBS. This is from a CBS News article. They did a poll that nearly eight in ten Americans believe in angels. So that's kind of what UFOologists use to like back up when people are like, "Oh, I don't believe in aliens," but I'm like, <laughs> "But you believe in angels?" Um, Interesting. Why not both? <laughs> so it's it's just one of those things. Yeah. Well, um, actually, the um the ghost statistics I pulled were from a more uh, politically oriented site. So there is actually information on um, like Republican versus Democrat believers. And I was so, about to be like the Republican ghost network. Well, well, so, I mean, obviously the interesting thing is a higher percentage of Republicans believe in ghosts than Democrats. And I mean, you can kind of like follow the breadcrumbs, right? Like if you're Republican, you're probably more religious, which means that you believe like, it's sort of like this chain of, which basically kind of led me to think like, if you're more religious or spiritual, you probably have a higher percentage chance of, of believing in things like this, right? I mean, I don't know. That's, I feel like that's just kind of, just kind of makes sense to me. I don't know if aliens fall within that like realm of, you know, if you believe in, angels you believe in aliens i don't know i mean i know some people get really spooked out by the idea of aliens because they don't like the idea that you know we're not alone some people like to be alone you know adds a lot of questions i mean i've i've always loved aliens as long as i can remember which is weird because uh you know if i want to keep talking about like positives of my life as well as the traumas of my life in fifth grade i actually got beat up by my class because they thought i was an alien what really my uh my uh my buddy got an alien field guide at the book fair and in the field guide there was reptoid aliens and they realized the description fit me (laughs) uh so a bunch of my classmates uh Chased me down, surrounded me, and beat me up because I thought I was a reptoid spy. Uh, kids are mean, which is weird because it just made me want. Yeah, kids are mean, but like, luckily, that's at the time period where like I was just really dumb. So like, while the trauma exists with me now, like back then, I was just like, I don't understand why you're beating me up if I'm a reptile. Uh, I have that's cool. Like, yeah, the, I was like, this neat. is rad. This is all I've ever wanted to be. <laughs> like, fantastic. Um, UFOs are rad. Like, I know I will talk about my story, but have you guys seen UFOs? I have not. I, surprisingly, as much as I would love to see one, um, other than, like, you know, the videos that come out every so often and stuff, I have not. The government documents. Yeah, I've (laughs) I've never had anything. I've never, never seen anything. I've never had any encounters. Um, I don't know, but I, I do believe. I, I, 100% 100% believe in alien. 100%. First off, go to Roswell because that's the coolest town. One of the coolest towns. Weirdest town, too. It's very strange that the UFO museum is across the street from a Christian fossil shop. It's very confusing. <laughs> very confusing. Uh, I loved Roswell when I went when I came back from the States. I, I absolutely was like, this is my jam right now. That UFO museum was super cool. 
um, a lot of presidents believed in UFOs and were like on the record saying like, yeah, no, it's actually kind of a problem. <laughs> so plausible deniability. Um, right? Um from my favorite alien movie ever. <laughs> you mean Outlander? Oh. Oh yeah. I thought you were talking about Outlander, your favorite alien movie. <laughs> um yeah, no, I saw I saw my UFO experience when again, like I believed in aliens, but was little hazy on UFOs because I just was like, whatever. I had my reasons, I guess. Uh, I was a really weird, uptight kid back then. But um, it was on one of my. It was the second year I was digging dinosaurs. No, my third year. It was my third year oh, with Judith Forever Dinosaur Institute because back in high school I used to fly to Montana in the excuse me fly to Montana in the summer and I would dig up dinosaurs with the Judith Forever Dinosaur Institute. They are super cool. If you're in Billings, check out their lab. I miss working in the lab. Um, but we had just done a day of digging out these stegosaurs that because we found a grape well. I found a graveyard. I was in the first test hole. But we found we were digging up four stegosaurs, uh, which is super rad because this is Montana and we're in Jurassic Rock. And these are like, would be the, there's had only been one stegosaurus found before this collection of stegosaurs. And the fact that we were finding more than one, we actually found four specimens. I think they found a sixth specimen. After I went to Korea, but um, we, you know, at the end of the day, we could sit around the campfire, have dinner, then be in the younger uh, guys of the camp. But uh, see, horror historian wants me to talk about Nightbreed. <laughs> um, or we could talk about horror historian's favorite April O'Neil documentary for Hellraiser. That's way but, more <laughs> Right? Um, those playing the home game, ask Horror Historian. It's his favorite video to watch when he's <laughs> alone at night. Love you, buddy. Um, but like I was saying, we're around the campfire and um, you know, we're looking up at the stars and like I've seen the auroras up there. I've seen the Milky Way up there. Like, man, Montana is big sky country for a reason. Like, you will never it's like a sea of stars. Like as cliche as that sounds, it totally is. And what's wild was we were we were looking up and you know, one of my buddies goes like, isn't it crazy that we've been spending the day digging up these animals that lived 150 million years ago? Um and right now our species is look like digging in the ground for these creatures, bringing them back to the surface for the first time in millennia and then you look up and you know we have space station up there mm-hmm. like how rad is that that we as scientists are going down and going up for the past and the future and it was you know we're having this really cool like oh we're so <laughs> cool kids conversation and, all that jazz. <laughs> and then i point out i'm like oh yeah and like crazier still not only is there's the space station but we have all these satellites and you know it's easy to spot a satellite because it's a moving star technically um and we're watching it and we're all like this is like oh how cool 
no. We built that. We're digging up dead animals. It's fun. Then it all got really quiet. It got really quiet for about like two minutes. And then one of us goes, is it just me or is it getting faster? Yeah. Like there was this like sigh of relief between the whole group being like, okay, whew, I'm not the only one. <laughs> like, oh boy. This thing started to speed up. And it was going faster and faster. And like one of us is like, is that is that normal? Is that how that goes? Like, is it a is it an axis thing? Is it a like are we playing a tricks in our eyes? Then all of a sudden, like this satellite star became like pretty much a white blur, like streaking, and then it made a perfect right angle turn, perfect 90 degree turn, and flew up and then faded out. Uh. And we all <laughs> sat there, we all sat there, ones who could drink just out. <laughs> Whatever they were having. I'm sitting here like everybody knows I'm the weird one here. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. And my one friend goes, Is that a fucking UFO? And we're just like, I mean, like, you know, we're a bunch of scientists. So we're like, Do you know what that was? No. Did you know what that was? No. Do you know what that was? No. But we can all safely assume that it was unidentified mm-hmm. and flying. Mm hmm. An object. Mm-hmm. Well, that fits the criteria. I guess we saw a UFO t- tonight. Good night, everybody. And we all just like went to bed. And you know, we talked about it the next morning, and everybody laughed, being like, "Oh, you kids coming up things." And what was crazier was the next night we're like doing the same thing, looking up, being like, "Wow, I can't believe that I saw a UFO last night. That's wild." And like, I think one of us goes, "Like, wouldn't it be funny if we saw it again?" the other tonight and one buddy taps me and goes uh henry and we look up and now we see a blue light doing the same exact thing in the same spot and did the right angle turn and we're like we're just gonna stop looking at this <laughs> guys we're just we're just we're just we're just very done with all of this um just don't so, look at it you know there i saw ufos like i don't know what else to tell you and then like it turns out uh our cook our chef who was on the site she had a second encounter and that's when i learned about the different encounters um i think there's like how many different types uh encounters are there they're actually like surprisingly so so are you talking about another encounter in that same area or was this well? Just she of, she like, had yeah. an encounter when she was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, where she said something landed in her backyard, and when she went to go investigate, it flew off, and she said it was like a green light. So it's tiny, some kind of yeah. And this is like she made it sound like it was a drone, but like this is even when like when she was telling me the story. One, drones were not really a thing for my age, and then definitely not for her age when she was a kid. Yeah. Um, Interesting. What? Uh, I'm trying to remember what there's like I was really surprised because it was one of the things I learned about yeah uh, this was the thing I really learned about with uh, 
at the UFO museum is that there are there's a there's a scale called the Heineck scale for UFO sightings and there's six classifications hmm. and like mine would be a nocturnal lights that's like the first classification which is lights in the night sky that's what i saw then there are daylight discs there are radar visuals there's close encounters of the first kind um there are close encounters of the second kind then there's close encounters of the third kind um so it's just like you know like the richter scale of like where you go like i saw the night lights but then after that it's you know you see it in the daytime and after that it's like you see it in the daytime but you also have like radar confirmation of it and the first kind is like it's has to be less than 500 feet away for you to see it uh second kind is like you're in distance and like it has a reaction to your environment and then the third kind is like you're straight up in an alien ship with robots and getting probed wow. the third kind There's encounter progressively worse scale yes, no, it, it, it progressively gets more like in your face right yeah which is fun or terrifying i don't know which yeah oh geez yeah i don't i don't have any personal experiences Tan, i know you said you don't we had one person submit their experience do you want to run through that yeah i'll read it um good buddy drax sketcher he's uh he also streams on twitch um I know he streams most nights. I um, can't remember his exact schedule, though, but it's just at Track Sketcher. Um, he says, back in my freshman year of high school, he went uh, to a, went on a school trip to England, uh, a small town called Hebden Bridge. Uh, while he was there, they were sent to stay with different families. The family he stayed with lived on a hill far up and away from the town itself. So him and the host's family's son were walking down a path to the bus stop on a perfectly clear night. Looking up, he saw a white light about the size of a grain of rice off in the distance zipping across the sky. There was no flashing of red lights to show it might have been a plane or anything, and he checked to see if it was possibly the ISS. I'm not sure what that is, um, but it wasn't visible from where we were, and it was moving too slowly for it to be. To this day, he doesn't know what it was, but he believes it was not something man-made. Yeah, so that would be International Space Station, right? That makes sense, sure. Yes. Yeah, so he checked to see if it was that, but it wasn't visible during the time that he saw the light. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, then that would be a similar classification as your story, Henry, I guess. The nighttime light sort of scenario. You know, because I just looked up Hedden Bridge because, like I said, despite my outrageous accent, uh, my dad is actually from Yorkshire. I spend a lot of time in England and I want because I that place sounded familiar. I just remember the last time I was in England, apparently there was a UFO sighting while I was there. To the local <laughs> fishermen said that like something like they were out fishing one morning and something like landed in front of them. And when they went to go to it, it shot up in the air and uh like i went to where they said they saw it and it was weird because like the grass in that area was like recently flattened uh -huh. i was like okay it's either a ufo or a badly pinched pitch tent but right. <laughs> i thought i thought it was like cool it was a cool uh it, it was a cool neat. morning cool 
a little gossip in the morning. Go to Roswell, by the way, everyone. I know I keep saying it, but Roswell, New Mexico is one heck of a drive and one heck of a place to go to. McDonald's is shaped like a UFO. You're making me want to visit. It's super cool. I mean, just visit the museum and then go to Santa Fe to go to Meow Wolf when COVID's done. But like (laughs) the Roswell area, because it's technically not even the Roswell incident. It was uh, some other, if it didn't crash in Roswell, it was some other uh, district, I think. But But, uh, Roswell was like the closest place with the sheriff's office. Yeah, and obviously that's what's the most well-known today. (laughs) Yeah. No, like the Roswell incident, it's called the Roswell incident, but the UFO didn't crash in Roswell. It crashed in a county over. Gotcha. But they call it the Roswell incident because the county didn't have a sheriff's office. Roswell did, so when they had to call it in, the Roswell people showed up. Gotcha, gotcha. So, But they're doing like a uh, geological survey, where they're like digging through the sites because people actually <clears throat> do find shards of weird metal in the supposed crash site. So they're doing analysis and stuff right now. It's it's weird. It's weird things. Drax Sketcher says he's a subscriber to the school of thought that first contact communication will not be a peaceful one. If they're communicating Never. with us, it'll be because our plan has something they want or need. That and that's a scary thought. <laughs> but we all know that Zephram Cochran is going to make first contact in 2063 after he develops the war drive. I mean, we all know the famous documentary Star Trek First Contact. We it's all know exactly, that right. Vulcans will come when we reach warp drives and right. Borg will be here too. Yeah, Zephram Cochran is going to create the warp drive, the first warp drive, and that'll be I, in 2063. I like, totally missed your joke. <laughs> I missed your joke. It's okay. I'm t- and I'm watching it's next pretty obscure. right now. And I'm it's it's an fan. obscure one. Not many people would get it. Yeah, but it's the only Star Trek movie I know by heart. I'm the worst. I, I'm having. A it's such day. a good movie. I think it's just like it's such a good movie. It's so great. Seriously, if you, if anybody in watch. chat has not watched Star Trek: First Contact, do yourself a favor and watch it because it's great. You don't even have to like Star Trek. It's exactly. like a really good. It's just movie. a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's well done. It you haven't seen it? Yeah, yeah, you will. No, of course not. She sees all her new movies through my show. She never watches movies. She hasn't seen anything. I go, I love this movie in high school, and then she watches it with me, and then I'm told I was wrong. <laughs> but I wasn't the only one with that opinion. Hey. I will point that out. No, you were not. <laughs> what movie? No, you were not. Uh, Outlander, where uh, Space Jesus fights Space Dragon and Vikings are spaces. And it's weird. <laughs> it sounds cooler on paper, but it's not as cool as you think. It sounds cool. awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I will, would like it. The last thing to wrap up aliens, because I do want to make sure we have time for uh, cryptids. Um, last thing I want to say about aliens is I feel like whenever we talk about aliens, I bring this up. Um, and especially since we had a comment about first alien contact. But um, there's a really cool paradox called the Fermi paradox. Um, and I think I've linked it in previous episodes. Um, But basically, it's a paradox that, or a concept that tries to explain why we haven't had direct alien contact yet. Um, And it's a really interesting, I I watched it, I'll link the video in my chat, but it's just an interesting paradox. It gets gets your brain working. Um, 
All right, cryptids. So this is our last uh, our last topic of the night. And just like the previous topics, I have some fun facts for everybody. So we say cryptids, but these are, are Loch Ness Monster specific because that's what Henry wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, so I've seen it. Yes. The modern legend of the Loch Ness Monster um, came from a sighting made in 1933. So that was the first mm -hmm. physical proof. That was that famous photo, uh, black and white photo of Nessie. But um, sightings do go all the way back to 565 AD. <laughs> so people have been talking about something living in this lake for a very long time. Um, not just that lake, too. Or surrounding areas. Wait, what do you mean? Uh, the Great Glen has a. <laughs> Sorry, like, like I said, this is this is my jam. Uh, <laughs> the Great Glen has so Loch Ness is actually part of a series of connected lakes. Gotcha. Locks, really, and each lock actually has a creature. I'll go into my whole theory about. The phenomenon, but it's actually where we get the myth for the water horse. Um, okay. Sorry to sorry to steal your thunder biscuit, but it's no, just no. like messy my jam. Um, and you're totally right. Uh, I believe it was Saint Columbus. Some saint. Uh, the Romans even had records of something living in Loch Ness. Um, and what's funnier still is uh, fun fact about that famous photo you're telling us about. Yeah, 33 see, photo. Do you know they proved what that was, right? I well, I think they proved it to be fake, right? Or is oh no, else? no. The uh the the famous plesiosaur photo, that's a hoax. That's all boy submarines. They yeah. actually found out what the 33 photo was. Oh. They they proved it a while ago. I mean, not that they disproved creature because that's why they took a picture of it because the locals knew of something in the lake yeah have you heard about this tin man no they so they proved this when i was in high school uh that photo is actually a photo of an elephant really like so is it in the lake or is it from a separate it's in location? the lake Oh. <laughs> no, it's in the lake. So apparently a British uh, journalist was looking into the history of that photo. And it turns out the night that photo was taken, right around the bend from where the guy made the photo, uh -huh. a circus was in town. And <laughs> two of the elephants got out and went for a swim in the lock. Really? And if you actually look at that photo, the 1990 uh, of Essie, you can actually totally see that it is, in fact, uh, it's an elephant. Like, it's very blurry, but it's the trunk and the head and the whole movement. Um, hmm. It's actually, like, really... You know, and I'll and I'll go into my whole theory about what I believe I saw and my whole experience, but it is actually like really funny because a lot of modern day sightings are actually help us. 
pretty much. They're just telltales of what people wanted to see, hmm. uh, more or less. Like, there's a whole, there's a way to identify a proper sighting of Nessie over, like, don't do the plesiosaur nonsense, because it's yeah. just... <laughs> Like as a paleontologist, that like as much as I wish, like as a kid, I eventually came up with the idea that there was like a time hole at the bottom of Loch Ness, <laughs> and that's how we got plesiosaurs because that was the only way I could physically come up with that concept. Which sounds allowing, really cool. <laughs> which is the TV show Primeval uh, on the <laughs> in England, which is great. I yeah. recommend. I also... uh, do you have any other fun facts that I could shut down for you? Oh, sure. Yes. Well, one of them was an official monster sighting website. So I don't know how official this is, but they have a tally of, I guess, from, from when the website began to now. So I don't know if people, that might even not, that might not be a great fact because I don't know how legitimate it is. So let's just, let's just knock that off the fact list. We'll, we'll carry on. However, uh, in 2019, an interesting theory popped up um, as to what these sightings could be. Um, and so the theory presented was that Nessie is potentially some sort of giant eel. Have you heard that, Henry? I'm sure you have. <laughs> uh, I actually sit here being like that, not not to take out your thunder, but that theory has <laughs> actually been around for a spell. Okay. Um, and actually, it's the theory I subscribe to. There's actually a very good book uh, called The Lock by Steve Alton, uh, which I read in high school. It's actually the book that got me into writing. Um, but that was the first time someone had actually explored the idea as Nessie as an eel mm -hmm. in like a media sense. And while at first I thought it was really cool, I did actually do my own research as well. And actually, that it it fits because early Nessie sightings are actually more serpentine and the humps mm -hmm. and all that jazz and like conger ears of that area can get to 12 to 15 feet. It's rare, but it can happen. Yeah. But I also have a whole theory that like you get most of your legit Nessie sightings at certain times of the year. Cause I have a whole idea that, um, and this is a little bit from the lock, but I don't think it goes all the way to the Atlantic. But North Sea is very deep. And in fact, Loch Ness is actually deeper than the North Sea, if I remember correctly. Um, all the locks are connected. You actually can get from the North Sea to the Atlantic on a boat through the locks, um, which is super cool, super cool fact. And that's why there's a creature in every lock. There's actually... Uh, a creature in Inverness, which is a city at the beginning of the locks that has a creature in the bay. Um, and I believe it's a migration pattern following the salmon schools that go from the North Sea through the locks in the east. Um, you, I mean, when I first heard the eel theory, I actually thought that was really cool because I like eels. So the thought of giant eels is <laughs> just really appealing yeah. to me. <laughs> well, like, because a lot of as I say, class is adjusting that I'm not going to adjust, but like a lot of Nessie sightings that I subscribe to as legit usually describe the animal from anywhere between 12 to 20 feet, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, sounds big, but that's about the size of maybe a saltwater crocodile or a great white shark. And if these creatures are 
benthic at origin, them coming up to the surface could just be simply from feeding. Mm -hmm. um, but I will also tell my story whenever you guys want me to tell. Yeah, that. yeah, go for it. Go ahead. So I had just graduated high school, and my nana in England uh, got me the coolest congratulations on going to college gift which was my parents flew me to stay with them for a month and my nana and my granddad and my uncle um took me to Loch Ness it was super cool like it was just like dreams truly do come true everybody like I was just ecstatic like I had just finished reading the lock I was watching like on the way up there I watched a movie called um Incident at Loch Ness, which is a fantastic found footage film. Um, like, like I said, Loch Ness is my belief system. In a <laughs> sense, the Loch Ness monster is the perfect way to describe what I believe in. For these following reasons, so we get to Inverness and just not Inverness. We get to Drum to Drocket, which is the town on Loch Ness. First and foremost, don't go to Loch Ness for the monster. Go to Loch Ness or the environment. Loch Ness is one of the most beautiful places I have ever been to in my entire life. Like, it is stunning. We were there for a week. And my grandparents, they just went to the pub and did grandparenty thing. Me, I had my adventure satchel. I had my journal. I had an umbrella. Uh, I had my A to Z of cryptozoology by lauren coleman i was prepped uh i you know i had done my research on Nessie sightings from the roman times to present you know and like there part of me was like oh i don't want to take steve alton's theory of it being an eel but it was it is one that i really subscribe to it makes it quickly clacks a lot of the earlier sightings especially now that you know every plesiosaur sighting has been debunked Every single one of them has been debunked as a hoax or as an elephant or as whatever you want to call it. And uh, there's a famous castle, Urquhart Castle is on Loch Ness. And that's where a lot of people see the sightings. And awesome as it sounds, um, I was able to walk from our cottage through this like woods because there was a small patch of beach. It was right at the base of uh, Urquhart Castle. And that's where I literally like camped for hours. Hours. I would just literally sit there and watch the lock. It was super cool. <laughs> like, I was just like, not a bad place to sit around all day and hope. Like, I was like, I could never see this damn thing, but I'd still be happy. Because, like, I, I'm, I'm so sad I don't have it anymore, but reason why i need to go back again i actually have had a jar of loch ness water for the longest time it's like one of my holy grails and um you know we got there on a monday it was thursday i hadn't really seen anything and of course the infamous highland weather started to appear uh and it was about one o'clock in the afternoon and the gray clouds were coming, and I was like, all right, it's about to pour. My umbrella can only do so much, because when it's raining, it's raining. So I start packing up everything. And to the right of me, it's like a little peninsula. And I actually, like, got a stick to see how deep it was, and, like, 
you know, go sand, 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 and then like literally stick would just go down. And the stick was as tall as I am, and I'm six feet. So I was like, wow, it just drops off uh, after these like sandy bits. <laughs> I heard a plop in the water to the right of me, and I look. And I see ripples. And I look around because I think maybe someone's doing a joke and throwing a rock. But I also, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, a Twitch stream, whatever you want to call it, um, show, that's the word. That's the word I should just, just the show. Um, I lived on the ocean. Like I've seen, you know, I've seen what animals look like when they have waves. I've seen what animals look like when, I've seen what it looks like to come out of water and then go back into water. I know what rock ripples, like it's a very weird thing. I know different causes of ripples. And I realized that these ripples were not like someone had thrown a rock. It was as if something was on the surface and had gone down quickly because there was that bit of vacuum. I was like, it's got to be a fish. (laughs) So, uh, you know, curiosity. I'm on Loch Ness. You got to double check. So I, you know, take off my shoes and I start wading into the sandy bits. And if those who don't know, Loch Ness, the reason why if whatever I saw exists is because, one, it's cold all year round. Like, it was the middle of June and I was freezing my toes off. Like, if I, I knew I could get sick if I was in the water for more than, like, five minutes. But it's peat. There's a lot of peat in Loch Ness. There's actually a current in Loch Ness, um, which causes a lot of issues for the sound, sonar and stuff. And what's even weirder is people are like, oh, Nessie hides in caves. Actually, Loch Ness is a bowl. So, like, even if you're doing sonar, uh, you're just bouncing everything off each other. Like, it's if there's a monster in Loch Ness, it is the perfect place for a monster to be. But I remember just walking into the water and being like, I wonder what that was. And then I'm looking at this dark, dark peat water. And I'm like, you know what? It's nothing. And then all of a sudden, I jump five feet in the air. Because the middle of the peat, where it was darkest, started to move. Um. It started to, like, obviously this is, right now we're streaming it on Twitch so people can see it, but, and I can't apparently audibly describe it, but it's just started, snake, that's the way to describe it. (laughs) This large thing started to snake through the water. Like, I could see its current as it moved, and it was about 15 feet, and it just started to swim very casually back into the lock. I sat there going, this damn thing was watching me. <laughs> as I was just like, as my first thought was, because at the time, uh, there was that Nessie Tooth incident uh, where like two college kids found a deer carcass and a tooth was in it. Turned out it was just an antler. But at the time, like some eels actually do go on to land to hunt. Um, not quickly, but like Orca, and I don't know what this damn thing is, but like, what I saw was a 15-foot-long snake-like creature moving in Loch Ness. And then the next day, I saw 
a bunch of humps, which is a telltale sign of Nessie moving in a snake-like fashion about 30 feet from my little peninsula on the beach. And yeah, some people might be like, you just saw a shadow, you saw what you were looking for. And I'm like, I have been in the natural sciences as long as I can remember. I know animals better than most people. Um, I don't know what I saw, but I know I saw something aquatic. I know I saw something large, and I know I saw something very much alive. Um, it could have been a one-off mutation. It could have been a whole species. Who knows? Um, but I saw what I saw, and I saw the goddamn Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> uh, so, you know... It's one of those crypt, and that's the whole thing with cryptids is like, you know, a lot of people want to make cryptids into this whole fantastical thing, but there are sometimes simpler. The giant squid was a cryptid. The gorilla was a cryptid. The okapi was a cryptid. You know, a lot of animals we take for granted today used to be considered cryptids. The orangutan uh, was a cryptid. Really? Goodness sakes. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnam has a whole cryptozoological society. Because the study of cryptozoology is the study of hidden creatures. It's not always Bigfoot and Nessie. It is animals unknown to science. It okay. is people looking for creatures. Uh, like the Okapi is actually the symbol for the cryptozoological society before That's... they turned it on to Bigfoot because people didn't believe Okapis existed. Yeah. Like, mm. you know. <clears throat> They look weird. One of the, I mean, to be fair, oh yeah, they they're they're great animals. Like I love okapis. I freak <laughs> out when people are like, I don't know what okapi is. I'm like, read a book. <laughs> uh, it's a forest giraffe. It's one of the coolest animals out there. But like yeah. these things, there are things. Again, Shakespeare. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, that are jumped in your mirror's philosophies. Like what I saw that day was alive. I don't know what I saw, but I was in Loch Ness. What else am I supposed to think it was? Yeah. No? Like, what else am I supposed to think? I saw something large and alive literally five feet in front of me. I have swam with moray eels. I have swam with sharks. I have swam with whale sharks. I have been in herds of African elephants. I have been in packs, like, prides of lions. Like, I have seen animals and interacted with large animals for as long as I can remember. And, you know, why I keep saying my belief system is this I believe in the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> applies to how I believe in have faith. I believe that there is a creature in Loch Ness. I have made a pilgrimage to Loch Ness to affirm my beliefs. I believe that I have an experience. Am I going to obsess my life trying to prove my experience to everyone else? No. That is my experience. Those are my beliefs. This is my ideology. And if anything, it's just going to inspire me. Not just like tell people like go to Loch Ness, look at the nature, maybe see the monster. I don't know. <laughs> but like Biscuit knows that I draw and write creature stories. I use that experience, that wonder, that mystery to inspire my work. Like I try and use those experiences to, like I said, I saw a ghost I, in my fantasy series. I use my whole idea of ghosts being electrical beings in the fantasy series. 
my ideas of UFOs are based on my experiences. Like, write what you know. And those are things that I've just been lucky enough to wander into. Right. Like, you know, my Loch Ness monster experience was literally five feet in front of me. I still today don't know what it is, but I will, if anybody is like, well, what do you think it was? Well, obviously I'm going to say the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I mean, you, you really couldn't ask for a better experience <laughs> visiting the Loch Ness. No. Yeah. Oh, no, I was so happy. Yeah. And that's so, that's so cool. I mean, I can't even imagine that the feeling of like, is this, is this what I think it is? Like, yeah, <laughs> like no, seeing that. Like I said, you got to be careful with jumping to conclusions because like everybody wants to see what they want to see. Right. I mean, we see that in even the mo most basic levels, especially with like, you know, oh, this girl winked at me once. Like <laughs> that's what I, that's true love because that's what we as a as people do, we yeah. we want things to be real, like what we want to be real, but that's not how the world works. Like I will always say, I saw something. I say it's the Loch Ness monster. You could just right. believe me or whatever. Go for it. But something was watching me. I heard it and it swam off. It was 15 foot. It was it was just you know, just thinking about it, it's in my head. I just will never forget that shadow snaking away from me in the water. Yeah. I'll never forget it. That's awesome. It's wild. That's I don't really know. I'm looking at cool. Do I? It should be wack, yo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking forward to the day when, like, I don't know. Would would it be better to have solid proof so we can say yes, like all of these sightings have been eels, or is it better to like keep that mystery going? I don't know. There, okay. I know I talk a lot, and I hope everybody's enjoying it. Um, a great time. There's so I actually cannot stand this writer <coughs> at all because I just think. Because of his sudden success, he just got lazy with power. Um, uh, George R. R. Martin uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrote an amazing short story called With Morning Comes Mistfall. And it's a story that takes place on a planet called Wraith World. And it's about an expedition trying to prove this planet's ghosts called Wraiths. Um, and it's an amazing conversation about like, do we want the scientific fact or do we want the romanticism that inspires us to pursue passions and art and science and all that jazz? So yeah, I highly recommend listening. Like, I love the audiobook. There's a really great audiobook for it, but like, read the short story. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> I'm losing my voice. I mean, honestly, I think that's a really solid way to kind of wrap this all up, right? Because I mean, you could say the same about ghosts. You could say the same about aliens. Like, do do we actually want to know if it's real or not? Or is it better to have that wonder and that excitement? And I mean, obviously, there are tons of things about the world that we will never know and we will never understand. Um, but, you know, does this just, do these things just add more magic to life? I don't know. Um, so 
So I don't know. I, I think that's a good question. And I'm sure people have varying opinions on that. But um, I don't know. But here's here's the thing. All right. So you're asking if we want the proof, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like, what kind of proof could it be? Because in my thought process is, all right, so, Henry, you say you firmly believe that you saw Loch Ness Monster, right? Yes. Even if the government came out and said, there is no Loch Ness Monster, we have proof that there's no Loch Ness Monster, would that change your mind? No, because I know what I saw. Exactly. I had my experience. Exactly. <laughs> like so, I said, I'm giving myself the room of doubt, but I saw something. Right, and that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, even if the government came out and was like, "Oh, we have undeniable proof that nothing exists, or this does exist, or whatever," people are still going to have those experiences that they can't explain for whatever reason. They can't explain them, and so I don't think we'll ever. 100% without a shadow of a doubt, no. Because even if the government has proof, the believers won't believe it, and the non believers don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, in terms of the Loch Ness Monster, like Henry, you were saying that a lot of the, um, you know, plesiosaur focused, like, proof of the Loch Ness Monster has kind of been debunked. And I don't think it's necessarily about a lack of proof in the example you're giving Tin Man, but I think it's, you know, there have been all of these sightings. Like, obviously, something is there, but what that something is, you know, could could be different than what we're all imagining. Right, but even if even if the the government came out and they were like, oh yeah, we found out what the Loch Ness monster was. It was a giant eel the entire time. The people. like yeah you're like cool awesome you know neat but then there's people that are like well that's not that's not what i saw like even if that's what you say it is that's not the experience that i had and so it keeps that that mystery for them or maybe you start to wonder oh maybe there's maybe there's two monsters in the lock maybe there's you know you know what i mean like any way you it's, go, your I'm, mind can can keep it going. I'm I'm doing my best not to go into my whole cryptozoological rants because, like, I believe in the Yeti, but I don't believe in Bigfoot because Bigfoot is just. Bleh. Um, I have a whole thing about Sasquatch for some reason, but um, it's like Mothman. Like when I tell people stories about the Mothman. People are like, well, that didn't really happen. I'm like, no, all that happened. That's like all recorded. Yeah. Something really weird happened in Point Pleasant. I went to Point Pleasant, and my first thought when driving through Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is like, no shit, something weird happened in this town. (laughs) This place is weird as crap. Like, holy smokes. It's like going on to the Stranger Things set and knowing how this is going to end. Um. You know, and I met very interesting people in Point Pleasant. Like, that place was going to have something happen to it regardless. But it's one of those things where it's like, you got to look, when you when you look at cryptozoology especially, you got to kind of like, not just look at someone going, it's a dinosaur! 
Because, like, I also sit here being like, how is an animal not going to change? Like, the coelacanth makes sense, but the coelacanth is actually a little bit different from what we know in the fossil record. Um, so if you're going to see a real dinosaur, it's not going to look like something we know, because the animal will have had adapted to its environment. Right. I mean, you look at the Congonese dinosaurs and, like, Moloko Membe, one of my favorite cryptids, uh, the locals there, the local pygmies, you show them a dinosaur book and they're going to point at Brachiosaurus and everybody's, they're going to be like, oh, so it must be Brachiosaurus. I'm like, no, it's probably just identifying an animal that looks like it. And when people are like, well, dinosaurs can't live there, I'm like, okay, Lake Tele, where Moloka Mebe's from, is the only lake in all of Africa that doesn't have hippos. And rhinos and elephants actually actively avoid that area uh, because it's said that Moloko Membe is very territorial and will attack those animals, which makes sense for a large herbivore because it's trying to keep its food stock in check. You know, but then you look at some cryptids and you're like, you know, they're obviously a product of someone, like, as awful as it sounds, the Jersey Devil. One man caught, caught the Jersey Devil, and what it turned out to be is he had a kangaroo that he glued wings on. Oh, no. And he kept it in like a dark room so you could only see this weird devil-looking winged creature in a cage because no one knew what the hell a kangaroo was. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Like when the first platypus was sent to the British Wildlife Society or whatever it was, they thought it was fake. Same with <laughs> the okapi. They thought someone had sewed like a wildebeest and zebra together when they got their first okapi pelt. Like, they didn't know it was a real animal because people are like, there's no way something looks like this. Right. And you like, I could go on about like dragons. The fact that like winged, fire breathing dragons are actually a product of Christianity because they wanted to demonize these creatures. But if you look at the old myths, dragons were either giant snakes or possibly the descendants of dinosaurs. And when people are like, where did they go? And I'm like, where is your dragon story where the dragon lived? You know, most dragons die in their stories. That's called an extinction event. <laughs> like, right. you know, it, there's just a lot of really interesting things that you just got to give a clack. You got to not just look at this part. You got to look at the whole scope of it, mm-hmm. you know? And I just feel like a lot of people just focus on one aspect, are so focused to bring that aspect to life. A hoax, a plesiosaur living in Loch Ness. And you should be looking at, like, all right, St. Columbus said he fought a serpent and told the serpent, don't eat people no more. And that's why Nessie is so peaceful, because Nessie's been cursed by God. Mm-hmm. But, which is an actual thing. You can look it up. That's an actual story about to explain why Nessie is not is hard to find, because Nessie's been banished by a saint. But, you know, one could also say that maybe what happened was a large eel happened and St. Columbus maybe scared it off and it went underwater. And then since the eels rarely come to the surface, they probably were like, well, it's been banished because it's early people who right. are dumb. These are the same people who thought birds couldn't migrate and flew to the moon in winter. <laughs> Wait, like, that was the theory. That was the literal theory of where birds went. It was either they flew to the moon or they flew underwater in lakes and f- let the lakes freeze over. It wasn't until a stork in Germany was found with an African spear through its neck when they realized, oh, maybe they migrate. Maybe they go to other countries. Birds don't fly to the moon, Henry? 
No, they don't. As, I'm still stuck on this. Right as that Bigfoot. sounds. I'm just, I'm still stuck on that. I don't, I'm sorry. I have a really weird thing with Bigfoot, even though I've had Bigfoot on my podcast. Like, he's a cool guy. He's an Area 51. Really great. You know, if you want to listen to him, he's on Crypto Podcast. He's funny. Um, I like the Yeti. I'm down with the Yeti. Slowly but surely realizing the Yeti's probably just a Himalayan brown bear, but like, you know, that is what it is. I don't know. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, cryptids, especially the ones that become very popular and sort of embedded into pop culture, um, you know, going back to Tin Man's point, that's that's all they know, right, about these cryptids is that pop culture sort of image. And so when you start talking about like the bigger picture, like you kind of reference Henry, where you're you're more knowledgeable, like you can connect the dots, you see how things work together. Like, I think there is that disconnect between like people who are really into cryptids and cryptozoology and kind of like take it seriously. And the person who's like, oh yeah, I saw Bigfoot in the forest out in my backyard or whatever. So I don't know. I think that in terms of, you know, changing people's minds when it comes to facts and, um, you know, proof on things. You can't you can't really win either way. There's always going to be people who have a very set image of something in their mind and they're not going to budge. And then there's the people who are more open-minded. So I think that eventually though, you know, the I would like to think that the truth kind of like rises to the top, right? Where after a certain amount of time, like it just becomes common knowledge. Um so I don't I mean, know. I mean, you say that, but people are still arguing about feathered dinosaurs, which drives me mad because feather your dinosaurs. But it's also right. just like, but people are like, oh, well, feathers don't make dinosaurs scary, and I want dinosaurs to be scary. And I'm like, you would never fight a seven ton goose. Yeah, I wouldn't well, that, fight. That would be I wouldn't fight a uh, normal goose. goose. <laughs> just like when I tell people dinosaurs don't roar because roaring is a mammalian feature. That's a mammalian vocal cord. T-Rex could never roar. It probably honked or made alligator noises or a mixture of the two, which is makes it even more exciting, in my opinion. That sounds terrifying. Um, oh, it's, yeah, right? I'm still terrified. That's scarier than the Jurassic Park roar. As a park roar, it's like, ah, oh, nostalgia. Honking alligator bird death machine. Terrifying. That's uh, but what... people want what they like i said people yeah. want what they want well that's why i said yeah. i i would like to think eventually that you know the it, it kind of the truthful rise to the top but again dinosaurs are very pop culture and that's yep. something that's very ingrained and so that's going to be harder to change it's going to be harder to change and you know how you fix that everybody <laughs> read a book <laughs> You heard read it here first. Book. <laughs> read a book. <laughs> Crack the case. Just read a book by accredited author. <laughs> Not like Joe Bob who saw Bigfoot once because it was like eating his cat. I don't know, man. It's a dog. <laughs> or a bear. I don't know. I think that's I think that's a good note to end it on. I agree. Read a book, everyone. Read a book. Read a book. <laughs> Thank you for coming book. to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot exists. I Loch hope Ness you guys enjoyed exists. <laughs> Oh, things. no. Uh, a hodag is totally legit. 
by the way, Corvin Twitch. I don't know what the I, hell I, I totally is. Subscribe to the hood. Yeah, I oh, the hood the the lumberjack cryptid. The lumberjack cryptids are the best. That's where you get the hide behind and the hodag. And I think there's like a weird squirrel monkey one. I don't know. Lumberjack cryptids are the best. I, I had to look it up because I was not aware of that creature. But now I am. And I feel like I'm better for it. Now look up the hide behind and be haunted forever. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. Go look it up. It's terrifying. All right. Um, yes. Yeah. So should I plug where I... Sh- People, Absolutely. Go listen to my podcast. Yeah. It came from a monster movie. Biscuit's been on it. I'm going to get Tin Man on it soon because he needs to join in the fun of watching a monster movie and then being forced to talk about it critically in a way that's not critically, even though some people some people get very disheartened about finding out that maybe some of their favorite films are not as great as they are but that's the purpose of the show to show you that not all monster movies are bad but not all monster movies are good uh and we support artists and scientists and other content creators uh you can follow us at icfam podcast i c f a m m podcast on twitter and instagram we also have a t public store we also have um what's the other thing we have we're on itunes spotify all the things amazon music now and uh be on the lookout for apex because that should be coming out sometime soon and i'm super excited which will be my original giant monster series where i actually talk about some cryptids like the mongolian death worm and the yeti it all comes back to tremors Tremors. It always comes back to tremors so for everyone on twitch i posted um henry's link tree uh, in chat yeah. And so for the podcast, we'll have that up yes. on our page for people to follow as well. So you can check out all of the good stuff that Henry just mentioned. And if Biscuit's on it and she's Biscuit, like you're a great guest for it. And Tin Man, I cannot wait to watch Bermuda Triangles. Bermuda Triangle. I can't wait to watch the Bermuda Triangles movie. <laughs> I'm stoked. the Triangles chilling out in Bermuda. I'm, I'm stoked. I love Bermuda, Bermuda Triangles. Is what we're watching. Bermuda, that's the name? Bermuda, that's the name, Bermuda Tentacles. Bermuda Tentacles, okay. <laughs> I'm already in it. I'm, oh, it's I'm great. <laughs> it's a bo- it, the poster's a boat with a triangle behind it and a bunch of tentacles. That's all I know about the movie. That's all that you need sounds, to know. Yeah, awesome. That sounds good. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Henry. Well, thank you so much for hanging out and telling us about all of your amazing and awesome encounters. Um, it was really great to have you on the show. Agreed. And I hope that we have you back again. We definitely want you back again yeah. for one of our future podcasts. And the best encounter I've ever had is talking with you two. Oh, shucks. <laughs> hey, man, these are the jokes when you have me on. This is what I do. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I talk a lot. I challenge a lot. I make really bad jokes. That's fair. <laughs> All right, thank you so, guys so much for having me on. Thanks, yeah, for, thank you, thanks for coming on. It was awesome and, to have a guest again. Uh, just to wrap up all the Tin Biscuit stuff, Tin Man, you want to do the honors of telling people where they can find us? Yeah, Tin Biscuit Talks um, on pretty much everything. Twitter, YouTube, uh, Google. No, not Google. Tin Biscuit Talks at Gmail. That's where you can email us. Um, and that's it. We don't have an Instagram. We should get an Instagram. We'll get, an yeah, we'll get an Instagram. I'll set it up. Don't worry. Our lovely faces on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just Tim Biscuit Talks everywhere. 
um, Tim Biscuit Talks on any podcast um, spot that you might want to listen. Spotify, Google Play, I guess it's Google Podcasts now. Um, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, all that fun stuff. Awesome. All right. That's all I got. I think that's a wrap. Thank you, everyone. Hope you guys all have a great day. Catch you on the flip. Hey. Hey. Have a good one, guys. (laughs) See ya. Bye. No worries. This has been another Tin Biscuit Talks with me, Hotter Biscuit, and Tin Man, streamed live on Twitch every other Tuesday. Check the description for useful links and make sure to leave a review. Thanks, everyone.